This is the Beautiful Feet Podcast. A partnership with BeautifulFeetEntertainment.com. Follow us on social media at Beautiful Feet Entertainment and enjoy the show. Moment. So, welcome to the Beautiful Feet Podcast. I'm Anthony. And I'm Jessica. And this week, we're going to go ahead and talk to our friend Matt, and uh, we're just going to kind of share some stories. So, hey, Matt, how you doing? Good, man. Good. Thanks for having me on. Awesome. Um, so, what's been going on with you through this whole quarantine and, you know, COVID stuff? What's up? Well, that's a good question. Um, honestly, probably a lot less than normal, um, but I think it's good. Um, I think it's kind of caused me to slow down a bit, um, just in like my work life and, um, definitely been spending more time, uh, with family and with my wife and been able to do, um, more ministry stuff that's, uh, usually not related to my job. So it's been really good. Actually, I've not that I'm grateful to the virus, but, um, there's been definitely some good things in this season of not goodness, if that makes sense. Well, and we were talking last night in our um, small group about what is one thing that you've sort of implemented during this time that you're going to keep even after it's over. Did you have anything you'd like to share? Yeah, that's funny. We actually, so I'm in the, a neighborhood group too. So we, I think we had the same discussion, guys. <laughs> um, yeah, I think uh, just kind of relating to um, prioritizing family um, and time with family. I think uh, when things were, were normal, um, a lot of times my priorities weren't probably in the right order. So I spent a lot of time, a lot of my free time uh, doing things that either weren't productive or didn't really bear any fruit. Um, so I think one thing that I would like to continue doing just even when this ends, um, is prioritizing, uh, that quality time with, with loved ones yeah. for sure. So just for some background, like give the listeners like an idea of what do you do for a living? What, what's your job? Yeah. So I work at, um, Christ church of the Valley. Um, it's a, church out here in Arizona mm -hmm. and I'm the production manager at the Midtown campus so I do all of the production-y stuff um, on the weekend which includes like all the audio video lighting that kind of stuff um, I get to work with some really cool people that volunteer their time to help out as well like you guys yeah like uh, us. which is probably the favorite part of my job and then just a stuff during the week um like maintenance on the gear different events that are at the church um following up with people some ministry stuff kind of stuff like that that's awesome how does that so with all this going on and like we're you know streaming all the services at this point like how does that change your job well um a lot uh without the services happening physically on the campus uh, before uh, the coronavirus, that was, I would probably say 80% of my time was spent either 
programming and getting ready for the weekend or executing the weekend services. Um, so it's pretty much affected 80% of my job or the time that I would normally spend on my job. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I've just spent more time now. Uh, like we have the time to do some renovations and kind of cleaning projects on the campus that we normally wouldn't have time for. Um, following up with people, just kind of calling people, checking in, seeing how people are doing through the season um, and trying to help out and just serve people mm -hmm. in this season the best we can. That's awesome. So like going again, I like, you know, going into that background, what's your background in your faith and, and how does that look? Background in my faith, like yeah. kind of like uh, my faith journey or just like, yeah. Like, did you grow up in church or did you come to faith like as an adult? That kind of a thing. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I grew up um, going to church. Both my parents um, have been Christians. I think they grew up going to church as well. Um, so yeah, I grew up going to church. I actually grew up in um, a denomination called the Church of Christ, um, which is... Uh, more like low key. Um, honestly, I don't, I haven't like really researched a ton of like the, the core of their beliefs, but um, pretty similar to what most Christian churches believe. Um, the only difference is they don't usually have like band, like a band for the worship and stuff. Um, so yeah, grew up in church and then uh, kind of similar to a lot of people's story. Uh, growing up and then like once you're in high school and college you kind of have to make that faith your own um, and kind of make that decision for yourself so um, yeah I've pretty much just been going, going to church ever since I was a kid man <laughs> yeah, so I guess I'm the outcast here like because I did not grow up going to church so I'm the complete opposite Jessica you you grew up going to church yeah definitely um my parents, they actually met through the church that they both used to go to. Um, Your mom still goes to. She still, she actually works there. Like she's on staff at the church there. So. It's awesome. Um, but yeah, so I'm the odd duck. <laughs> that's I, okay. I grew up outside the church and I found my way in. So, you know. There you go. But yeah. yeah I, so, think, I think, uh, you know, whether you grow up in the church or whether you don't, you kind of have to find your, that, that faith for yourself, you know, um, because at some point your parents can't force you to go to church anymore. I think it definitely kind of, uh, can set you on the right path and set you up to make that decision for yourself. But, um, at the end of the day, you kind of have to make that decision for yourself either way, you know? Yeah. And I, and I would definitely agree because faith is one of those things where it, it's, it's very personal, right? Like, is a difference between going to church and actually following um, your faith and following what you believe in or even yep. believing in it. Um, because you can always attend church and just, well, that was fun thing to do on Sunday, but not follow through with any of it. Um, but there's a difference between actually living out the life that you claim you believe in. Yeah. Um, so absolutely. And, and, and that's kind of what this whole thing has 
taught me, you know, through, through this whole COVID and being quarantined and all that, like, you know. And to be fair, like, you've still been going to work. Uh, yeah, I still, I still leave. Time, I still so. leave and go to work. But I still, I'm seeing people who are forced to, like, I don't want to say forced, but they have to stay at home. Um, and so through this, I'm just, I'm having to reconnect with my faith. And like you said, you know, like start living it out in a different way, not just what becomes routine. Yep. You know? um, so that's kind of been my challenge through this whole thing is like, how can I, you know, still go to work and like bring my faith into work, you know, in right. a way that's, that's, uh, allowed, I guess, is the best way to put that. Um, yep. So I think that honestly has to do with just the attitude that you have toward like your coworkers and the people who are um, beneath you on your team. I was going to say subservient, but that just sounds <laughs> not the yes, best. My servants. Um, <laughs> yeah. No. They're called his agents. That's what they're called at his work. Yeah. So I have agents that work, on, <laughs> you know, beneath me, which is kind of that's a fun little thing to say. People don't take that long. Your agents. Yeah. But yeah, like, you know, so as you grew up, how did, how did you make your faith your own? How did you pull it away from your parents and make it yours? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, so I think at some point, um, you know, through high school and into college, um, I didn't really take my faith very seriously. Um, what I, what I tell people, like when I, you know, tell my faith stories, I, I never really stopped believing. Like, it's not that I didn't believe in God or Jesus or anything, um, but I wasn't living my faith out and I wasn't being faithful to how God calls us to live. Um, so I think when I recommitted my life to Jesus and really started to live, like wanting to live my faith out, I just started like earnestly praying and seeking um, God's will and praying for opportunities um, to be able to, to serve um, and, you know, just do whatever he would want me to do. Uh, that can look really different for different people. Um, and how that looked for me is I, I uh, got invited to CCV uh, through a friend from work and uh, started going to CCB and through that got connected with a neighborhood group. And then in that group is when I was really just earnestly praying like, okay, God, what do you want me to do here? Um, I want to do your will, but I don't know what it is. Yeah. Um, like whatever you put, whatever doors you open in front of me, I'll step through it. Even, even if I'm, even if I don't want to, or if I'm scared. Yeah. Um, and through the neighborhood group, um, I got challenged to become a youth coach at CCV for junior high. And that was not really something that like I was really interested in doing, but I had been praying like for God's will. So I said, okay, if that's what you want me to do right now, I'll give it a shot and um, started doing that. And I think that just led to different relationships and different opportunities and different areas to serve and kind of finding my niche in where um, God could use my abilities best. 
And so I guess, does that answer your question? I feel like I'm kind of like rambling now. No, no, you, you, yeah, you're jumping straight into the question because I just look at it and I'm like, okay, like, again, coming from outside the church and getting in, basically I was like, I, I had to like learn who Jesus was from the church, right? From neighborhood groups and small groups and Bible studies and things like that. Um, so it's really interesting to kind of hear the story from the other way around where you're in church and eventually you have to kind of make that loop again Mm -hmm. as, as either an adult or a teenager or somebody who's like creating their own identity and going, okay, now this is my faith. It's no longer my parents' faith. And then moving that into an actual, you know, into being an adult and saying, okay, here's how I live my life out with my faith. Right. In my faith. Right. Because that was always my, like, once I, I, once I, um, found Jesus and like started following Jesus, like my goal always has been, okay, let's take it from this stage of my life to the next stage of my life. So yep. when I was in college, I was like, I don't want this to be something that I only have in college. And then after college, like I fall away from Jesus because my friends like change, right? Like, does I'm he not. just fizzle out? Yeah, I, I didn't want my faith to fizzle out. So, and obviously there were moments where my faith was left behind. Um, like you said, it's not that I stopped believing; it was simply like I, I was around different people who had different beliefs. So my yeah. faith kind of took a backseat, right. um, and now I had to put it back into the driver's seat and let let God literally take that will and, and move my life in the right direction um yep. so little carrie underwood action <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes um but yeah and then you know just moving from that into you know actually being an adult and like you said just allow you know asking god okay what do you want me to do where do you want me to be yep. um and putting your input you know putting your trust in that um you know that because that is a big step so yeah let me turn off this fan real quick i feel i don't know if you guys can hear it but it's going no i can't hear it (laughs) i'm not hearing it but yeah all right sorry about that but what do you think jessica what do you what do you how did you make that transition um honestly when i was a junior in high school like i'd always gone to church um my whole life my grandfather was a minister so like I had that inside of what a life in ministry looks like but it really wasn't until I was a junior in high school that I was in a Christian high school but I still had never really thought about like okay like I need to to sit back and like reevaluate things you know Mm -hmm. um and my friend Sarah like she was kind of there with me and we were just got to talking about it and like from that point, I'm not going to say that everything in my life got magically better, but I feel like it did kind of help me cope with, like you said, just going into college and that time in life. And um, for me, I feel like, especially in my career, there are a lot of times where like, I, um, we can't really talk about God all that much or Mm -hmm. so like, because I work for the city, it's one of those things um religion and politics like that's 
that's not a thing you can really talk about, but people know that I go to church because they're like, hey, what do you do on your time off? And I'm like, yeah, like this is a yep. yep. And here's what's great about it, right? Like on a regular basis, she'll have people come to her, whether it's at work or in that environment and ask her, hey, can you pray for me over this situation? Like, wow. and it, like, I don't need, for somebody who can't talk about your faith a lot, people <laughs> come to you and they're like, hey, you seem to be a Christian, so let me talk to you about this. Yeah. So that's sure. kind of cool. Well, and the fact that Anthony, like, does want to go into ministry, you know, they ask me, like, what my husband does, and he has a job in the corporate world, but I also tell them, like, yeah, he wants to go to seminary, so, um, like, it's just, it's just a big part of our married life together. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. That's but, cool. Yes. Well, speaking of married life, you are the one who actually officiated <laughs> our marriage. Right. Our, yep. our wedding. So, yeah, that was that was another one of those moments where I was like, yeah, like that kind of solidified a bond between the three of us. Where I was like, this is yeah. this is something really cool. Yep. How, how was that experience for you? Like, what was that like? Uh. It was awesome, man. I don't know. Um, I was definitely um, a little bit nervous, like that day. Yeah, um, we all were. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it was awesome. I mean, I was honored that you guys asked me to do that and be a part of that. Yeah. And um, it was cool. I mean, it was really cool because, I mean, I've, I've known you guys for a long time, you know, while you guys were dating and then being able to go through um kind of that pre the premarital uh mm -hmm. material with you guys um and just seeing how your guys's relationship um developed over those years and then being able to be a part of, of the the wedding and then seeing you guys now you know it's just it's, it was really cool yeah i mean yeah i mean and, and that was always that was one of those things that like you know because we're talking about taking faith and, and kind of putting it into action that was one of those things that i was like okay you know when i first became a christian i didn't i always kind of knew one day i'd get married but like as i got closer to it and as her and i were planning it i was like okay you know god is calling me to be a specific like to be a leader and to be a man of God and a man of integrity. Yeah. What steps do I need to take to do that? And so I really had to like sit back and like, like, like she was saying earlier, like reevaluate my faith and reevaluate those steps and what that means to be yeah. a husband within a marriage. Uh, right. You know. So. Yeah. That. That's. I don't know. How do you feel about that? Well, because mm -hmm. even like I think it was the month after we got engaged was when we got baptized because we knew that, okay, like we're starting this life together. We want to make sure that this life that's going to be our life is going to be off on the, you know, the right foot. But yeah. even before Anthony and I, like we officially in air quotes started dating, we sat and we talked about it and he was basically like, you know what? I, I don't want to be in a relationship unless it's Christ centered. So like, that's how we've been, um, from day one is making yeah. sure that our faith and that that aspect of our life is going to be the top priority. I mean, yes, yeah. there are other things that we enjoy in our life, but um, 
we always are actively working just to make sure that we have our priority where it should be. Yep. That's awesome. And so what would that look like on, you know, from your end, as far as you being a husband and, and your life and your faith? Like how, how marriage has impacted my faith? Yeah. Hmm. Because you and Victoria just recently had an anniversary, yeah? Yeah, we just passed six years, um, which is cool. That's awesome. fantastic. Yeah, we couldn't go anywhere, so we had a little staycation. <laughs> That's all right. Um, we hit one year, and we couldn't go anywhere. So. Right. <laughs> um, I think marriage is awesome because um, it kind of forces you to be less selfish and kind of forces you to consider someone else and all the decisions that you make mm -hmm. um, because when you're married to someone everything that you do impacts them as well yeah <laughs> um so i think being married to my wife um has just been has made me um a better man um has caused me to um break a lot of uh, bad habits in my life and um, uh, just kind of, I don't know. I think being, being married is also awesome because you're, you know, you're living with your best friend all the time. Um, you get a, you're not lonely. You know what I mean? Um, you don't have to come home and be alone. Um, so I think, I think the the big thing for me has just been, um, the accountability and, um, the friendship that, that marriage has provided for me. Yeah. I mean, that, that's definitely true. Like, cause you and I spend a lot of time together. Yeah. Yeah, we do. Um, <laughs> even before quarantine happened. We yeah. Just... <laughs> even before the whole quarantine happened, but like we, you and I have yet to get like tired of each other, which is kind of cool. Mm -hmm. Um, but we that's also, yeah, that's a good thing, right? <laughs> but we also, like, do things separately. You know what I mean? Like, she has her book club, mm -hmm. and I'm like, no, I could join yeah. in, but I don't. Like, I, I leave that. That's hers. I have things with my friends that you go to, but most of the time you sleep through. Yeah, so. I just end up taking a nap somewhere because wrestling is like, oh, this is so long. Yeah, I think that's healthy, though. I think uh, you need to maintain kind of your own identity as well yeah and have your own things that you can do um because you know if you're just if i don't know i guess it depends but i think if you do everything together 24 7 then you might start getting tired of each other <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I would imagine you know or get so irritated that everything becomes a fight instead of right. enjoyable um but yeah, I mean, because I, because you had mentioned like you know how um, y your marriage kind of caused you to be a, like a better man and like really think about okay, my decisions are going to impact not just me but her as well. Um, and I would I would obviously agree with that simply because I'm like okay, I actually have to take time and think about before I make this decision or before this decision is made, how is it going to benefit both of us instead of just how does it benefit me? So right. whether that is something work-related or that's personal, 
um, it's very much like, you know, how is this going to benefit us as a family? And to think of things as a family and not just go, okay, this is my decision. This is your decision. No, it's our decision and, and what we need to do. Yep. Um, that's something that, you know, that's something that I have been challenged with because, you know, I had to make career choices where I was like, I could take this other job, but it, it would, it just wouldn't work. You know, mm -hmm. I did have another job offer, what, two months ago? Like mm -hmm. six months into our marriage that I was just like, no, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be beneficial for us. Because the job yeah. offer, it was a good offer, but we just looked at the schedule and the hours that they wanted us to have. And that really wouldn't allow him to be yeah as active in ministry or for us to really see each other as much. Yeah. Right. I was like, cause it, it was like, it was a job with very strange hours. So it was like, like nope. 10 30 to 7 30. Oh, wow. Thursday, like Friday, that. Saturday, Sunday, you know, it was crazy. Yeah, that's but, no yeah it was like, no, nope, this was not going to work. Um, but yeah, what it, what marriage has also done, at least for, for me, I've had to really think about like, I've, I've been able to see areas that I was like, I need to improve on, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because I'm now taking obviously her feelings into consideration. I'm like, okay, let's actually think about how I can improve or how she can improve so that we can, again, be there for each other. Is, uh, is Jessica really good at pointing out areas that you can improve on? Yeah, <laughs> I, I have no qualms about being like, why would you do that? Why would you say that? What were you thinking? Like, <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. It's good though. So yeah, I mean, like, I don't know, through this whole thing, through this whole, you know, being at home for a lot of people, um, I think faith is, is a big thing right now because we have a lot of people who are facing situations that they've never faced before. Yeah. You know, um, you know, like we have a neighbor who, with, she's without a job, her boyfriend's still working, but like, they're sitting there still wondering how bills are going to get paid, you know? Right. Um, so. And there are so many people who they're on unemployment right now because unfortunately they, they just have been laid off. They don't have their jobs. They don't know when their jobs are coming back. So mm -hmm. just the fact that Anthony and I, through all of this, we've both been able to still go to work has been incredibly fortunate. Yeah, for sure. I did have my hours um, get reduced for a little while, but now they're just starting to come back. So that's, that's good. That's good. Yeah, I was just going to say, I think that was, that's been one of the hardest things about this whole thing is not just the what it's doing, but also that there's no like, for well, kind of there is now, but yeah, there wasn't like any light at the end of the tunnel. It was very unknown and scary. Like, okay, when is this going to be over? And with that, like, at least I know, you know, our church has tried to take steps into like, here's what we can do to help people. Like, and that's one of the greatest things that I saw is, is churches and people stepping up and going, hey, we know things are difficult. Here's what we are, can do to help. Yep. You know? Yeah. So like, coming from somebody who's working inside the church, like, how does that look like from your point of view? Yeah. I think it's, uh, it's been, um, it's been 
kind of difficult during the season. I mean, I'm very grateful for the leadership um, mm. that we have at CCV, um, that they're, you know, godly people and they're seeking out um, wisdom um, from God. Um, I think this whole thing has been difficult because it's like, okay, how can we really serve um, in this season when you can't go around people? You know what I mean? Because yeah. so many things require uh, the social aspect of it. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, the hardest part is trying to identify, like, okay, what are the needs in the community? And then how can we meet them? Um, so I think just seeing things from the inside, like kind of recognizing, okay, there's going to be people, like you said, that aren't able to uh, you know, buy groceries in this season, or there's going to be people like elderly people that can't go out to the store. Um, and like the whole toilet paper shortage, you know, so just trying to, um, gather supplies and meet those needs for people that are experiencing those difficulties. Um, I think has been one of the main things that I've seen the church do. Uh, in this well, season. and we also had the opportunity to partner with Vitalant when we did the blood drive and Vitalant was like kind of commending mm -hmm. us for how quickly we got everybody organized because we, we, there were a lot of people who came to donate. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I know that a lot of people like stepped up to donate blood as well. That is, that is awesome. Um, because I know just, we were talking into a small group yesterday and that was one of the questions that was brought up was like, do you see like a new community almost of like within their neighborhoods and stuff? Because people are now, because we have so many people who are not uh, seeing people on a regular basis that when they do, they're actually like, Hey, how are you doing? Is right. there anything I could help you with? Like, so does that camaraderie because we're going through this together. This is not mm -hmm. like you're, you're, that's your problem, not mine. It's very much a community um going through it uh we don't see it as much, as much in our apartment complex but i think it's because everyone's so it's like in our apartment ev everything's just kind of closed off anyway so yeah. i don't see a whole lot of people around our apartment complex but i say hi to them when i when i see them and i mm -hmm. talk to them um but yeah have you noticed anything outside well, there's um there's a gentleman who lives kind of around the corner from us and he always is kind of going to ride his bike and we're getting back from our walk. So we chat a little bit, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he, I mean, he was friendly even before all this was going on. He's a really nice guy. I don't remember his name. I think yeah. it's Theo. Something like that. But <laughs> no. yeah. yeah. Um, but have you seen anything like that in, in your community, like your neighborhood? Oh, for sure. Um, I don't know if it's just because of, you know, everyone's sick of being inside um, but the amount of people that we run into while like we're walking our dogs now yeah. has probably like tripled, um, <laughs> from what it was, uh, before all this. So I think people are getting outside a lot more. Um, and so that's been cool. Kind of like being able to run into to neighbors and kind of form relationships that way. Mm hmm and for us, like, we decided to start taking walks every other day just because we're working two different schedules now. Like, he's working the overnight shift, and I work during the day. So, 
it gave us a chance to just have time to reconnect with one another and we're not just sitting and watching tv yeah right and it also allows us like you said to get out of the house for a moment um but also just get some exercise in that we weren't getting before um you know because her and i were like we're starting to realize hey we need to start being more healthy because if we don't it's going to be more difficult down the road well, yeah we were talking about it this morning like if we want our kids to be active then they need to see us being active it's like that ex- example yeah so yep start now it's going to be easier to start now than when you're older <laughs> yeah and that's what i figured too i'm like i'd rather do it now while i have a little bit of a gut instead of when i'm you know giant and can't leave the couch and i'm trying to work off 200 pounds right so but yeah like other than that i don't know just i'm 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 excited for things to start opening up again but at the same time i'm i'm weary because i just i don't want everything to happen so fast that it kind of sends us back 10 steps right Um, but well because i was telling him at least from what i've heard when places try and reopen too quickly then there is a spike in cases so we're going to be yeah. back a little bit. Yeah, I'm still going to be in my house for most of the weekends that I'm not working um, just because I want to make sure everything's settled. But with that being said, like with all this going on, I, I can attest to the fact that like my prayer life has been a lot different. Yeah, I've been actually like I've been praying for our family, but at the same time, I'm extending that to like praying for the people in my community. Um, it's awesome. You know, and I don't know how that looks on you guys' behalf, but I know for me, I'm like, I, I, I need to extend that prayer to other people. So, yeah, for sure. Turn that fan on for them. I'll be right back. But, so, yeah. Yeah, that, that's basically what's been going on on our end. Just, you know, and that's why I'm trying to like communicate with people through the podcast as well, simply because, you know, I want. I still want to spread hope and and love to people in any way that I can. Obviously. Yeah, for sure. So. Hey, so you guys didn't answer that question at the beginning of the podcast. Okay. What's one thing from from all of this that you guys want to extend after oh, the? Walking. Yeah, walking is actually the walking. Um, I still want us to be very community focused. You know, mm-hmm. I'm starting to like really realize, hey it's okay to greet your neighbors to talk to your neighbors to be in community with them as best you can yeah um you know and just try to be as as um i guess sympathetic not sympathetic but like to empathize empathize with them thank you as much as possible because we don't know what they're going through um you know i had no idea some of our neighbors you know i didn't even think about our neighbors who they have no job and they're like, how do I pay rent? You know what I mean? Like, yep. so yeah, that's, that's what I, that's, like I said, that's what I'm pulling out of this whole thing. So, yeah. so what's, what's your guys' opinion on, so, you know, during this season, we've had to rely a lot more on technology um, to meet with people um, since we can't meet physically. So, you know, Zoom calls have been, like I can't tell you how many Zoom calls I've been on in the past couple months. I'm almost so I'm so sick of Zoom at this point. But <laughs> uh, you know, for like neighborhood groups, 
Yeah. I know that you're, you're in a neighborhood group that meets on Zoom and you also started one that's meeting on Zoom. Do you think that's something that we can take away even after all this ends and continue on utilizing technology to meet people in, in communities um, rather than physically? I mean, I still want to meet physically, obviously, because there's something about being in the same room with people um, and kind of connecting with them uh, on that way. But especially when it comes to small groups and Bible studies, I think things like Zoom is such a great thing because they might be gone, you know, they might live in another city or another state, or they might just be out of town for that week. Mm-hmm. And if we could still just, hey, if you have this time available, we could just send you a link. You can join us virtually while we join physically and still feel like you're part of that community. Yeah, almost combine them. So, yeah, almost combine them. I think it's great. Um, but I agree with you. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm at the point where I'm like, okay, if I had like last week was my first week with where I didn't have four Zoom calls a week or so um and i was okay with it i was totally fine um i don't want us to become dependent on on technology any more than we already are but it's such a great tool because now we are able to connect when when normally we wouldn't be able to yeah for sure yeah i think that's one thing you know in, in seasons like this um it kind of forces um companies and organizations to kind of relook at things, reevaluate things. And, um, you know, I think a lot of companies will, will probably continue doing things like they were, but also maybe utilize some of the, some of the things that we've been doing, um, even during this time. And I think that would be good, right? Because it, it, it could divide, diversify the ability of what they're able to do. Um, yeah. you know, um, and it would just, you know, it, it comes with the the growth of technology things are going to change so yeah yep well and like for my book club i don't think you can hear yeah. me from too far away for my book club we have a gal who has recently moved to tucson and she doesn't really want to drive up to phoenix every month so zoom has worked out really well because it allows yeah. us all to get together even though we're scattered all throughout the valley now like I'm, we're here in Chandler. We've got people in West Phoenix. We got someone in Tucson. So, like, I feel like that has helped us. Yeah, definitely. Do you think that we'll ever be at a place with technology where we'll have like virtual reality meetings? People just pop on a headset and hang out in virtual <laughs> reality. Uh, I hope not. <laughs> I well, hope that not. might be cool. I don't know. I mean, it, it would be cool. Um, I don't know. It, it it would be one of those things that it would it would be harder to get used to. I think, but once we got used to it and it became part of our culture, it you know it, it's like having a phone now, a cell phone now. They're all smartphones. Where right. I remember when I first got my phone, it wasn't it wasn't a smartphone. Um, you know, and I think I we still know one person who doesn't have a smartphone, but like I've at least met one person who didn't have a smartphone. But most people have a smartphone of and some like, kind. we do? I think so. I don't know who, but I know I've met at least one person. I know. I feel like my mom and I were pretty late to get late to the game as far as smartphones go, but, like, she loves hers now. Yeah. 
that's one interesting thing about you know technology and social media and stuff is like if you use it in in a certain way it can further connect you with other people um but for a lot of people it, it kind of almost uh hurts you socially i think yeah and i think that's where we need to take a break from you know technology and connect with people um i'm gonna say an old-fashioned way <laughs> you know what i mean actually sitting down talking with people without the technology distra- distraction yeah. um but at the same time, technology is great because it can be used to connect people. Yeah. And I think that's its purpose, but we take that purpose and distort it and mess with it. So, right. You know. But yeah, um, I don't know, dude. It's, it's, it's crazy to see how our, our world has changed, even just since all this started. And I'm curious as to how much of those changes are going to stick. You know yeah. what I mean? Yep. But yeah, it, I think people will be weary for a while, you know. Yeah. I think you have the the half half of the people that, you know, don't don't care want want nothing to do with this. They'll just swing right back into doing normal stuff as soon as the restrictions lift and then I think yeah. you're going to have a lot of people that even after the restrictions lift are going to be really um cautious. So it'll be kind of a half and half thing yeah let me ask you this uh what do you think is going to happen as far as like church attendance and things like mm-hmm. that yeah I've, I've honestly been thinking about that a lot uh, i think it can kind of swing one of two ways i think um it can swing one way where people are so ready to get back together um and people just miss that community aspect and they miss um that experience and so it's going to be way busier than normal Mm -hmm. or it's swinging the other way where people are like i don't want to be around all those people and it can kind of take a little bit of a dip in attendance so it's going to be really interesting to see i think it might have a dip for you know like you said for a little while but i think eventually people are going to swing the other way as far as wanting to attend um and i'm wondering how many like new people are going to start attending church simply because they're like, I had no one to lean on in this time when they were unemployed and they found faith in this time. Yeah. You know, I'm curious what that's going to look like. Yeah. I'm sure there's going to be some cool stories out there of, you know, people that found, found faith in this season. You know, like those people who, maybe were raised in the church and fell away from it in their teenage years. And now they're coming back simply because they're like, this was kind of a, like it, this brought them back to faith because they had nothing else to depend on, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'm excited for those stories because I think that's going to be very unique um, to this time. You know what I mean? And what's going on. Yeah, for sure. Our cat is interrupting the podcast. Of course. <laughs> yeah, and now. sat down like right next to his chair, like, well, hello. Yeah, she does what she wants. Um, but yeah, um I don't know. Is there anything else that you wanted to, to tackle at this time? I feel like we've covered a lot of good topics just as far as like how we're able to keep our faith and even build our faith during this time, whether that's 
um, watching a service online or being connected with your small group um, or just like the personal time of devotion that you might have um, throughout your day. So Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, and I feel like I'm, I'm excited for when we are able to step back into church and to hear the worship music like live. I think that's going to be like a ruckus yeah. party. Yeah, for sure. That's one of the, the major parts that I've missed. Yeah. Like streaming it online is great, mm -hmm. but it's literally you and I on the couch. Well, our older cat will also come for a cuddle. Like as soon as we're having church, she just, yeah. she hears the worship music and comes out from the bedroom and sits on the couch. Yeah. So listen, so I'm not going to lie. I was, I would say for the first couple of weeks, um, selfishly, I was like, this is kind of nice. Like grab a cup of coffee. I still got my robe on, just yeah. pop off my couch, get to watch the service with my wife. Um, but I would say the more the time passes, the more I'm like ready to get back in there for sure. And I think when we finally do all gather together, that crowd is gonna be is gonna be very energetic because they're like, we're finally here. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um yeah, that first week's gonna be a party, man. Yeah, if not the first week, like give it a month or so, and they're just gonna be like, it's gonna be crazy fun. I think it's gonna be a blast. Yeah. Um, but yeah, dude. I mean, other than that, I I just kind of wanted to get an update from you, see how everything's yeah. going, kind of connect, you know, everything together. Um, yeah. You know, so yeah. You know, we, we do appreciate you jumping on the podcast and just kind of letting us know what's up. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was good to good to see you guys and talk to you guys. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, we're definitely going to try to get, you know, get you back on the podcast because I'm kind of just, you know, collecting people of like, hey, let's try to get everyone that I can on the podcast because I want to yeah. get as many voices as possible. Yeah, you know, for sure. To share what's going on. So. Cool. We'll keep doing it, man. You guys are doing an awesome job. Thank you. But yeah, I'm going to go ahead and uh, we're going to go ahead and go on to the next segment. Give me one moment. Cool. Welcome back to the Beautiful Feet podcast. This is the section of the podcast where we go ahead and go over scripture. Uh, we're jumping into Acts 23. Um, but before we do, I, I want to encourage you guys to read along with us. Um, so that you can also learn what we're learning and not just kind of take our word for it. Uh, Jessica, would you mind hitting us with Acts chapter 22 review? So during these chapters right now, we see that Paul is in Jerusalem. He arrived in Jerusalem in chapter 21, and he was also arrested. Chapter 22 is his opportunity to speak to the crowd on his behalf. And then in chapter 22, we also learn that Paul is a citizen of Rome. Mm -hmm. So now in chapter 23, we're going to see Paul going before the Sanhedrin. And uh, for, just for backup, just for kind of some information, what is the Sanhedrin? Okay, well actually we can go to Acts chapter 22 verse 30 and it will give us a little bit of background for that. Says the commander wanted to find out exactly why Paul was being accused by the Jews. 
So the next day he released him and ordered the chief priests and all the members of the Sanhedrin to assemble. Then he brought Paul and had him stand before them. So the Sanhedrin, they're going to be... I guess the only, like, the way that my mind kind of pictures it is they're, like, a high council in the Jewish world. Um, so they're right. going to be made up of people who, like, have devoted their entire lives to the study of, I want to say, specifically Jewish law, because I feel like they were more of, like, a legal council. Yeah. Again, we might have to do some research and get back to you. Yeah, I mean, I've always saw them as, like, you have the Pharisees and the Sadducees. They're a step above them. Mm -hmm. So, it's just kind of a hierarchy of, of, like you said, legal counsel. So, now we see an, an assembly of these chief priests, of these leaders of their community. These are the people who are bringing these accusations against Paul, like, they're the ones who are demanding, like, hey, he really needs to be punished for this infraction of what he's been doing. Um, so now we're going to be able to see how a centurion steps in and is able to help save Paul's life. So, yeah, before we, as you're getting to that, like, so at this point, Paul has addressed the people, and they're basically like, "We want him dead. We want it. We we want him dead for, like Jessica said, the infraction that he has caused." Um, even though to us this doesn't seem like that big of a deal or that big of an infraction, it really to their culture this is the most disrespectful thing that can be done. And we see that Paul basically says, you know, like I gone through god has put this on my heart i have followed through with that so my duty to god has been completed i can walk in good conscience knowing that what i'm doing is right in god's eyes basically and so the sanhedrin are the sanhedrin literally are like okay someone near paul just go strike him on the mouth <laughs> yeah they want him to, to keep quiet but he keeps speaking about the hope and the life that jesus has given him um, and I think in our lives, we, we can't relate to sharing our faith and people wanting to kill us. The most we get is we just get ostracized or mocked. Um, most of the time, we're not going to be physically harmed here in America. Well, and also during this time, when Paul is speaking with the Sanhedrin, there are Pharisees and Sadducees there, and he knows that the Pharisees and Sadducees have differing opinions on things. So he brings up those points, and it kind of allows them to have some division within their ranks. Yes, yes. So he kind of brings this division. Um, he actually doesn't do it um, intentionally, but he does end up bringing this division um Let's go ahead and jump into, what was the verse that we were going to look into? Um, well, regarding this particular instance, we see that 
Paul says in verse 6 that he is a Pharisee, mm -hmm. that he was descended from Pharisees. He says, I stand on trial because of the hope of the resurrection of the dead. And that's where this dispute comes, because in verse 8, we find out that the Sadducees don't believe there is a resurrection. They don't believe in angels, and they don't believe in spirits. But the Pharisees do believe in all of these things. Mm -hmm. So he's starting to express who he is, and, and by doing that, again, it brings us to vision. And I think that's what faith does, right? Faith, when you stand by it, and whether that's faith in Jesus or faith in a separate cause, it's going to bring division against people who don't agree with what you agree with. But because Paul identified himself as a Pharisee who had come from a line of Pharisees, that gave him some allies in this circumstance. So we see that the Pharisees come to his defense and they say, okay, we don't find anything wrong with him because what if a spirit or an angel has been speaking to him? But this di dispute gets so violent that the commander who had brought him into the area was like, we need to leave and we need to leave now. And this is, I think this is one of the biggest moments in, in Scripture where we see the hand of God moving, right? Because it's like God is using this centurion to kind of get Paul out of the way because he still has work that Paul needs to accomplish. Paul's work is finished in this area in Jerusalem, but he still has things that he's going to be doing from there on out. So he tries to move him out. And we're also going to uncover yet another plot to kill Paul. Yeah, he gets death threats a lot. So there's actually 40 men within this assembly who are like, okay, we are literally not going to eat, we're not going to drink, we are proclaiming a fast until we have killed Paul. That doesn't seem very wise because you need food and water and beverage to be strong to kill the man. So that doesn't make sense to me, but they made a, a vow and they're like, we are gonna stand by this vow. We are going to move in this way so that when it's done, they're gonna celebrate because they disagree with Paul so heavily, this was their decision. So again, we see the centurion and he, the centurion finds out that it was, let me see here, it's the son of Paul's sister, so that would be Paul's nephew, had heard about this plot against his life. And the centurion basically is like, okay, we know that these people want Paul to go back to the Sanhedrin under this pretext of being wanting to get more information about him. So now we're going to see that Paul gets transferred to Caesarea. So he's moving away from Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. And what happens as a result of that? Well, they write a letter to Governor Felix, basically going ahead of Paul to guarantee that he has safe passage there. Yeah. And, um, oh my gosh, my brain just totally left me. Okay, so they, they basically pack up Paul, they have... 200 soldiers, 70 horsemen, 200 spearmen. Like, Paul's got a big bodyguard that's going to be going with him. And so, um, when they arrive in Caesarea, 
they get the letter delivered to this governor and they hand Paul over to the governor. Mm -hmm. And so now we see that Paul is going to be kept under guard in Herod's palace. So in chapter 24, we're going to see Paul's trial before Felix. So as, as people living in 2020, how can we apply this to our lives? Honestly, I feel like Paul is the embodiment of, okay, I have a conviction. In my mind, I feel like God and the Holy Spirit is leading me to do this. But because of that, whenever we do something that's right, there is always going to be opposition from another side. Definitely. And I think we have to actually expect it. Because when we expect it, I believe that we're going to be prepared for it. We're going to know that it's happening. And we're going to try to take steps to be safe and to still fulfill our mission, right? Well, and also the Christian life is not meant to be one to be lived in isolation, even though, yes, social isolation right now is like a really big thing that we talk about. But just because we aren't meeting in houses of worship together, that doesn't mean that the church is on hold. Like we have the ability to be the church for one another from our homes, from these virtual meetings. Like it's not like the church is just vanished because we're not able to meet in a physical building right now. Yeah, I love the way our church puts it where it's, you know, we never closed. We're still open. We're still meeting. We're still ministering to people. Our church is still helping people to the best of their abilities. Um, and, and that was a great thing. But that with that brings opposition, right? Like you said, when you follow what God has for you, you're going to have opposition. You have to be prepared for that. But I think, like I said, I love the fact that God made a way where there were people supporting Paul um, to get him through that situation. Well, and that's the thing, again, for us today, is to always look for those people who are going to be able to uplift you in your faith, to carry you through those moments where your faith might be weak or where you just need this community to um, surround you, whether you're going through a job loss or a period of depression or, you know, like insert your circumstance here. Like we have a small group through our church and we always take time to like pray for one another. And there's been some really serious things that have gone on during 2020 for our group. Some are related to coronavirus. Other things are entirely unrelated, but just to know that we have the support system. And I think that's vital is having that support system to say, hey, I'm going through some stuff. Here's the details that I'm able to give you or that I'm willing to give you. And how, you know, how can we stand by each other? And sometimes that's simply praying for one another uh, or helping one another through a situation. Um, and we see that. We see people helping Paul in this time. And I think we as Christians, we need to be open to helping people as well. And here's the thing. We've seen Paul go through riots, plots on his life, times in prison. But has Paul ever once sat and complained and said, oh, woe is me, I'm Paul in prison? No, like he's not about to throw a pity party for himself. He's like, you know what? This is my conviction. This is what God has told me to do is to spread this message. So I'm going to keep spreading this message, even from this prison cell. Yeah, he would actually preach to the, to the guard that was chained to him 
he looked at it like I have somebody who it will listen to me simply because they can't go anywhere. They're, they're literally with me through the whole time. So he would preach to them. He would speak to them, pray for them. And I think in, in times we try to isolate ourselves. Mm-hmm. We need to really focus on, you know, building those bonds and those relationships. Well, and Anthony and I were talking about this earlier in preparing for this podcast, is that Paul is not a young man during this time. He is not like a teenager or in his early 20s. He's probably at least in his 50s. So he's not like, hey, I'm disturbing the peace just because I'm a teenager and I feel like it, you know? He he had a purpose. He had a cause. Um, And if you've ever met someone who has a purpose and a cause that deep, you know there's nothing that's going to stop them. There's nothing that's going to prevent them from getting that message across. So... I look at it like if, if it's something God's put on your heart, follow it, walk after it, see what happens, right? Like, and just build off of it. Well, again, in full transparency, this morning when Anthony and I were talking just amongst ourselves, not really preparing for the podcast, I was telling him that I just feel like with everything going on in the world, sometimes it doesn't feel worth it to keep putting in this effort, you know? And will you tell them your response? So my response was basically, um, you know, because the world is in is topsy turvy or backwards or just going through something, the whole globe is going through something that actually makes the effort that you put in more meaningful. So whether that's your time at work, you know, that makes it more meaningful. Whether it's your um, time with your family, it's more meaningful. Whether it's something creative, it's more meaningful because the people who are receiving that, they are they're receiving it knowing that they might have they have heavy hearts. They have a burden that they're trying to deal with, and your effort is really just icing on the cake. And it's sweet. It's beautiful because it is. I mean, it's. It makes it totally worth it. So, yeah. Because Anthony and I, like, we do have different work schedules. There's a lot of time because he is, like, he has to sleep during the day where I might not have work that day. So I just have these hours that I have to figure out, like, okay, how am I going to fill them, you know? And I'm not a person who's just going to want to sit and watch TV all day. Like, that's just not how I'm wired. Yeah. Well, I am. (laughs) But, yeah, and, and... So I've always, like, encouraged you, like, do something creative. You know, do some writing, do some outlining, do editing, do what what you feel like you need to do. Um, Because when that comes out, like, when that writing comes out and you finally share it with, whether it's a small group of people or your community at large or even globally, it's going to be, you know, it's going to make an impact. Whether that's impacting one person or multiple millions of people, that doesn't matter. It's the effort you put in that's going to that's gonna make that meaningful. And I feel like, again, to relate it back to Paul's life story, his main mission is to be able to go and start churches and kind of follow up with them. So we can see that Paul knows that his actions are having long-reaching consequences throughout the ancient world at the time. Yeah. To spread the gospel. And for us, you know, like, 
I feel like so many people feel like, oh, well, because I'm a Christian, like, do I have to become a pastor as well? And no, I feel like we all have different ways that we can minister to the community around us. It doesn't always have to be, here, let me tell you the message of Christ. Yeah, a lot of times it could be done at your regular everyday job. The way you're kind to people, the way you help people, the way you support them or guide them when they need it, all those different things that you can do, it's through that that you're going to sit there and go, hey, like, this is how you're going to show the message of Christ, right? Like, Well, and it makes me think of, like, we're big fans of the show Scrubs, and there's two characters, Turk and Laverne, who both practice their faith in different ways. Like, Laverne is very vocal about, like, talking about Jesus and all of these things, and... There, there is that, like, people who know her know that this is important to her. But Turk also has faith, and he's just not as vocal about it. But I think you could see through the way that he treats other people that, like, that's why he got into medicine. Yeah, he did not. He There's moments in the show where he admits he got into medicine because he loves the competition of it. But overall, you can see that he gets into medicine, into being a surgeon, because he loves to be able to help people. He loves the work that it takes um, to help people. And Laverne, she's worked at the hospital, I think they were saying for like 24 years, and she has this confrontation with Dr. Cox as to basically like, you know what, I need this. I can't come in here every day and watch all of these things happen to people if I didn't believe that God had it happen for a reason. So that's an example of how we can take our faith into our careers and be like, okay, our faith is what helps us get through. Yeah, and when the time is right, I think we can point people to the same Jesus that gives us strength. And that, that could be done through your actions, through your words, uh, through prayer. Um, it could be done in a multitude of ways. So it's just the idea of having the courage to take that step. So during this time, like Anthony was saying with everything going on, I feel like, again, honestly, my faith has really been shaken because I don't see the purpose to everything that's going on right now. So that's where trusting in God comes into play. Because there mm -hmm. are things that we just might not be meant to understand. Especially in a time like this, where there's a lot of stuff happening. Most of it seems negative. But the truth is, in the right time, God is going to use it for good. It says that in Romans 8.28 that God uses everything for the good of those who love him. So I truly believe that because I've seen it. I've seen it in my life. I've seen it in other people's lives. And, and I see it in this situation that we're currently in. So we have four more chapters and then we will be finished with the book of Acts. You guys have hung with us for a long time. 28 chapters, that means 28 weeks. That's like a half a year. Yeah, this podcast has, this this whole thing, it's, it's been a lot of fun. I'm super stoked for what we're doing. Um, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm actually kind of in, in a spot where I kind of want to make small changes. And I want to talk, well, you and I will talk about that later. But okay. it won't be anything major. It'll just be small little things that I feel like we could do to try to expand this but we do want to encourage you guys to if you are enjoying the podcast 
share it with your friends, with your family, with your loved ones. Um, whether they believe us or not, whoever they are, I think they can benefit from this podcast. Um, and to be honest with you, just help us to grow. Yes, I forgot to told, tell you, we reached our goal of 500 listens or 500 downloads. And that's wonderful because that was our goal for the summer. and even For June. For June. We're not officially in June yet, so thank you so much to all of our listeners for making that possible. Now I'm going to go ahead and say it. Our next goal is by the end of the year, so by December, to get to 1,000. All right. I think we can do it. If we can do it before then, I'm going to be just immeasurably grateful. But I'm just being realistic. I'm just going ahead, putting it out there. Um, But we do want to thank you guys. Um, Again, remember to hit us up at BeautifulFeetEntertainment.com. Go to BeautifulFeet on Instagram and Twitter. Um, And just let us know what you think of the podcast. Give us ideas, questions you'd like us to answer anything like that movies that you recommend we do reviews on um because i want to bring that back i want to yeah. start doing more reviews sorry it's lawn care day so you might hear big leaf blower in the background let's just give yeah we we're here. trying to do the uh recording before they came back but <laughs> alas here they are um any last comments before i close us in prayer um i feel like the next movie that we are going to be reviewing is big hero six yeah. So that so, is something to be looking for. There's that. Uh, we're going to start our Disney, um, I don't know what we're calling this thing, but our Disney challenge, for, for lack of a better term. Well, we're just going to start reviewing movies from Disney that we feel needed some love. You know, we they needed, uh, they got overshadowed by another movie, and uh, but they're great movies, and we just kind of want to share that message. But I'm going to go ahead and close us in prayer, uh, and we'll go from there. Father God, I thank you for this day. Thank you for this message and this series of interviews that we've had over the last couple of weeks. I pray that they've been uplifting and helpful. Just, um, I just pray, God, that you would be with us and bless us, bless our listeners, and that you would just continue to be our strength and our guidance in this time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Have a great week. God bless. Thank you for listening to the Beautiful Feet Podcast a partnership of BeautifulFeetEntertainment.com. Please feel free to follow us on social media at BeautifulFeetEntertainment. Please visit BeautifulFeetEntertainment.com and do not forget to like, share, and subscribe.